This week on Just Like That, the number one Mike Goldberg-inspired podcast on the planet, we will recap UFC 286, Edwards vs. Usman, hit you with our segments as any awesome and real-world call-outs, and last but not least, we'll preview UFC on ESPN, Vera vs. Sandhagen. Here we go. Here we go. We are back um, out of the old studio into the new studio. First time from uh, a new location. So um, late in the week, had some stuff going on, but we have a pay-per-view to recap and then a pretty decent um, fight night to preview. So not the maybe not quite as good as the fight night two weeks ago, but close. But anyways, we'll get into all that pretty soon. We'll start things off as we always do with our take of the week. So Ryan, as always, take us away. All right. I got a... Uh... I think Usman should have retired after that loss on Saturday. Um, I don't think he has. I think we're about to see uh, Tyron Woodley 2.0 um, oh, wow. with a streak of losses until he's, uh, I don't know, bare knuckle boxing Jake Paul or something. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think we're on the same page here, and I'm not surprised. Um, probably the easiest. I felt like I was taking the easy route with this one, but I just don't think Usman ever touches the comes close to touching a belt again. It's crazy when these guys' runs end like that. Like, Yeah, and it just, like, went from looking so dominant against everybody to, like, just being absolutely dominant in his last fight versus Leon and then just looking absolutely outclassed almost in this fight. Like, And just to think that he was one, he was 30 seconds away from basically being, like, is he or was he, like, like one and 1A with George St. Pierre for the best middleweight ever, and now... I mean that that's it's like that's just, just like a faint memory now. Yeah, it's like why did anybody ever think he was even close to being like anywhere near GSP, you know? Because and, remember how good he looked for such a long time. He looked unbeatable. Yeah, he looked invincible for there for a little while and I a lot of his like probably when he was most dominant was spent like they wouldn't give him a title shot for a while. So it wasn't somebody who got a big push. What was he on like a 10 fight win streak or something before and gave him a title shot yeah but remember how he was really boring for a long time and then he actually did pulled the sit out route or like i'm gonna sit out until i get paid more that was one but when he and then he started really like once he started really utilizing that jab and really like sitting down into it and knocking guys out that's when he got exciting and fun then he became much musty tv is a perfect case study for like you build a market for yourself in the sport so yeah definitely i think it was trevor whitman when he went training over there in denver yeah changed it quite a bit yeah, I mean, he knocked out uh, Gilbert Burns. He knocked out Jorge Masvidal. He was starting to hurt guys more. I mean, his when he beat up Usman for, or beat up Woodley for the title, it was not a fun fight to watch at all. It was no. just a, and I'm just like, wow, this is what we got to look forward to. Now it's like he got to where his fights were exciting. He stood the, his fight with – I think Colby helped him a lot because the wrestling kind of canceled out. They had to stand and strike. And he just had a little more power than Colby. I don't know if he's a better striker, but he had a little more power. And then he kind of uh, got into a rhythm there striking. And then, unfortunately, it ended up costing him, you know, in the last 30 seconds of his last fight. But, yeah. I mean, he just have to be thinking he's just up at night thinking he was 30 seconds away from being done with Leon Edwards, closing the book on that and never having to worry about it again. And now he's he lost the trilogy. Like, Leon Edwards yeah. is done with him now. Yeah, exactly. And, it, I mean, he doesn't have a... 
I feel like he doesn't have a quick ba- path back to the title. It's not like he's getting a rematch something after. You know, he just got the rematch, and it, it was the third fight technically since they fought like earlier on in their career. So, and everything that was his, was to his advantage is now to his disadvantage. He, let's say Colby beats Leon. He's already fought Colby twice. Yes, he's beat him twice, but then you're just like, give it's like it's stalling the division almost to be like. Usman versus Colby three, even though he's already two and zero in the series, but Colby has the belt. Like, yeah, they need to they need to get some turnover at one seventy and one fifty five. It's like we just keep we get a new champion and we cycle the same three four guys through them each time. Like they need to get like it's just Poirier Gaethje, you know, (laughs) like they just like and Oliveira like they just switch off like a, a group of five guys just like all fight each other for the title like. For like the last like five years, it feels like. And it's all timing. It's all you win a fight and then you sit out because that's better than taking another fight and losing. Or you win two and then you're like, okay, now, or you beat the guy who's on the best, the hottest win streak. Yeah, none of them are fighting any of the, they're like keeping the guys below them down. It's almost like, it's never going to be as bad as boxing unless they they, well, they, they don't want to take fights against guys they think might might beat them. So yeah, so like guys never break in, like the, Six through fifteen are just constantly fighting each other, and then yeah. one through five are constantly fighting each other. Yeah, I think that's a that is an issue. I think it's worse at one seventy though, just because Usman beats so many. It's similar to one eighty five though. Like if, if Israel, if Adesanya had beat Pereira, Adesanya had beat everybody at one eighty five. Yeah, and then it's like who does he even like? Who's like the only reason Pereira got a title shot was because in his seventh UFC fight is because or his seventh MMA fight. Is because Adesanya had already beat Vittori twice, Whitaker twice. Um, who else did he beat? I mean, he beat everybody. Yeah, there's quite a few stale divisions right now, actually. Yeah, uh, I would say though, like uh, now, I would say like with Volkanovski going back down to 145, 205 being kind of reignited, and then I think especially John Jones, a heavyweight. I think there is new life in a lot of divisions that heavyweight was so stale for so long. Yeah, that is true. So. Uh, we'll bring it back into like 170 though. Like I just think Usman puts himself in a weird spot now. It's just a weird spot to be in. Yeah. Do you fight Cole? Like you're not getting a fourth fight against Leon. You lost twice. Um, somebody else is going to get the next title shot. Yeah, it's kind of like Leon just kind of exposed how to beat him. You just beat up his legs early, yeah. and then like you know he has kicks. bad knees. So. Uh, like it's been well documented that his knees are terrible, so you just leg kick him for the first round or two, and then he kind of, uh, you just hold his gloves too, and you poke him in the eye a few times, and you know, yeah. commit. Well, to go from the kind of the uh, the ramifications of it into the actual breakdown of the fight, we'll kind of just tie this into our our recap. Like, I personally, I thought it was going to be a draw, to be honest. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a draw too, but I'm not really surprised that all the rounds were pretty close. There was no like dominant rounds by like either fighter really. Um, I can kind of see. I I thought it was probably a draw, but um, I could see where they came out with the score card of 48-46 too. So I wasn't terribly upset with it, but yeah, I, scoring it live, I would score it a draw. But if I rewatch it, that could be definitely different. So yeah, I mean, uh, Leon did commit a lot of fouls. Yeah, I there was um. I read some article where some guy went through the fight. He said there was 13 fouls in the fight, 10 by Leon, 3 by Usman. Like, uh, multiple eye pokes, like three or four uh, nut shots, and yeah, um, nut shots. I think like four glove grabs. 
and then um, and then two fence grabs or something like that. Jeez. Yeah, I thought we were headed to a draw. I thought we were headed to a fourth fight. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think those oblique kicks kind of racked up. I think the leg kicks kind of racked up. I think the exchanges. Did Usman look slow to you, though? Like, not just as – I mean, legs are everything in the – in a, in a fighter and a lot of that in a lot of sports but no but even the first round before he took any damage he looked a step behind leon edwards the whole time leon edwards looked i couldn't it's one of those fights where like afterwards i'm thinking like did leon edwards just look unbelievable or did kamara usman just look pretty bad i, I thought usman looked bad honestly like he was gasping for air between rounds three four and five as well yeah he did get tired Never seen that before out of him unusually but, quick you know, when things don't go your way, that's kind of how it works, though. It's not necessarily like you didn't train cardio. When things don't go your way, you gas out faster. Yeah, and when you're not, not holding somebody up against the cage and, you know, it's jabbing. It's a lot easier that way. Yeah, so I don't know exactly. Um, I guess, do you what's next for... I mean, that 170 has got to be licking their chops, dude. There's got to be a lot of guys like... Colby's got to think he's next. Camzet's got to want that fight. Because Cam's that fight at 170 more? I think Dana said he's moving up to 185, and he was actually on the MMA hour. I listened to it. He said it sounds like he's pretty much moving up to 185. Like, he said he would take a 170 shot, but he needs, like, two or three months to, like, make sure he can be on weight and whatnot. So it seemed he made it seem more like he's looking to fight 185 in the future. Okay. Be a good time to go back. To, if you could make 170, it'd be a good time to do it. Yeah, I mean, you got Gilbert Burns and Masvidal fighting, too. So if one of them wins, like, in spectacular fashion, I'd have to think they're going to get a title shot, right? How bad does Leon want Masvidal to win? Oh, so bad. That's a win. I think that's probably the best fight for him, too, By far. out of everybody. So. By far, because what do you think happens if Colby fights? Because Dana says Colby's fighting Leon next. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That, that could be a good fight, too, but... I don't. I think the uh, Covington will just be able to put a pace on him that he might not be able to, like where Usman kind of wilted under all those leg kicks and stuff. I think Colby will be able to put more pressure on him than Usman was able to. But I mean, Leon did really well. I don't know if Usman just sucked at cutting off the cage because his legs were beat up or what. But um, like every time, like Usman was applying pressure most of the fight, but uh, Leon was just dancing around and just would just circle out and get set reset back to the center of the cage instead of Usman getting him up against the cage. So Leon looks so fresh after the fight too. Like even all the way through the fifth round, he never looked like he was tired at all. Yeah, exactly. And how he was able to just break the hands every time and just spin out of each takedown against the against the cage. It was yeah, it would it looked too easy. Yeah. So I don't know. Again, like like you said, it's I don't know if this is the down it's just weird because we could be so sure of one thing and then leon could be in his next fight be like oh yeah that's the leon edwards i remember um i mean also i think at the end of the day the real winner is definitely nate diaz who basically beat leon edwards yeah does he come back for a title shot i don't think anyone would complain no i don't think so for round six is what they would call it (laughs) yeah yeah let's run it back yeah so i don't know i do think though like so, guys trying to fight, guys trying to get their belt back are three and eleven. It kind of usually goes like this, and then it's just downhill from here. Does he want to do two more fights, or two more, you know, not impressive performances, and then quietly call it a day, or do you? Does he want to just say, hey, I, you know, kind of the DC route where you lose your last title fight and you're just like, I'm done. Yeah, I don't know. It's 
it seems like Usman should have retired, though. I, I just don't think there's anything left for him. Yeah, and the bad thing about that is he's been, like, teasing a retirement for, like, four years. Yeah, right. So maybe he should have done it a year ago. I don't know. But <laughs> either way, I guess at the end of the day, fair and square, to my own shock and surprise, Leon, I guess he beat... I guess he beat Usman fair and square. Out beat, he outdueled him in the trilogy. Yeah, I did not think we'd be seeing a Leon decision, but here we are. No, not at all. Um, yeah, next fight, though, we had uh, Fazev and uh, Gaethje. This one definitely lived up to expectations. Um, I picked Gaethje in the league. I like the value on him. Uh, not a lot of people can beat Gaethje at his own game. Um, I would say that Fazev looked really good as well. He his chin held up. Um, this was just a crazy fight. Yeah, it was a pretty wild fight. And I don't know, I think Fazavi, um, he kind of got caught in a brawl where um, he could have, uh, I think, avoided some of the damage that he took and possibly won the decision had he fought a little bit smarter. But Gaethje just has that ability to kind of just, uh, you know, make guys get in there and, and start taking shots. And, uh, and yeah, he pulls it out again. I thought it was the right decision. I saw some people saying they thought Fazav won, but... Uh, I thought it was pretty clear Gaethje won two and two and three. So yeah, I thought so too. Um, I was surprised Fazeb didn't use his kick arsenal a little better. Yeah, not at all. I think Gaethje threw more head kicks than Fazeb. Yeah, that was pretty weird. I I did notice that he pretty much strictly boxed, and he usually has a pretty good lower leg kick, and and he throws some pretty good high kicks and whatnot too. His so body kicks too, man. His body kicks sound like shotguns going off. Like yeah, he, just, he landed some, but not a lot. And that's um, where you really get Gaethje tired and making that's mistakes. That's how Eddie Alvarez beat him. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I think he just did get lured into a brawl by Gaethje, which, like, you know, when when you're fighting Gaethje, I'm sure you're thinking, you know, it's fight of the night. It's just going to be – you're going to throw down, and that's what Gaethje wants. So. It was a great fight. And to to be honest, like, I don't think anybody's stock goes down. Um, it would have been huge for Fizab to beat Gaethje because that would have been like, okay, you're top three in the division, hands down now. Yeah, but yeah, I don't think it sets Fizab too far back. But to go like to a, saying. yeah, to go to a majority decision with him on a and a, make it to that, I mean, get in a war with him and come out the other side, survive. I don't think it hurts anything. Um, obviously, Fizab is young enough. And what is it? So now he needs he needs to win one fight and he might get a title shot or something. one or two. Yeah, yeah. So. Definitely proved himself though to be you know top top tier. Um, yeah, because he's a, he's a fresh matchup at, for a title shot too. So Definitely, and that's I what think we he's need. got a little bit easier path than some of these other guys who've fought multiple times at one fifty five. Like he's one of the only fresh guys in like top five, I would say. Definitely. Um, yeah, that, that's one of those divisions we're talking about. Um, one thing I want to say about Gaethje, I th- I think that a lot of people don't get – he's been fighting s- smarter since – I would say dating back to like the – he had his two losses. He lost to Alvarez and Poirier. He's been fighting smarter since then. Yeah, the, I think it was the Tony Ferguson fight. That was, was the first best. time we've seen like – yeah, and that was his be- yeah, best performance as far as fighting smart. Where the he most took, calculated version we've yeah, seen. Yeah, which I think was also like a aging Tony Ferguson, which was a lot slower and maybe easier to do that against than some other people. But – um. Yeah, he's definitely been fighting quite a bit smarter than he used to. Doesn't I mean, with the exception of probably the Chandler fight, it wasn't really like the most technical Gaethje. Even the Chandler fight, though, he was fought, he was way more calculated than Chandler was. Yeah, he, not that that's really a hard thing to do when Chandler's fighting. He pretty much intentionally goes out of his way to do that. But he shot a double leg in this fight. Gaethje. Yeah. Yeah. 
He landed it. He got it. Yeah, I think he did, right? Yeah, so like, very end of the fight. I think he did one in the second round, too. Second round, yeah. I like the start of the second round. Big complaint, though. Gaethje just needs to fight five-round fights no matter what. Yeah, definitely. We need to see five-rounders. Yeah. More of this three-round bullshit. Three-rounders are not enough. Um, he must be choosing this, though, because he could definitely headline fight night events, but he's choosing to... Be on pay-per-views, yeah. Yeah, for three rounds. I mean, I would, too. If The amount of damage you take and double the length, almost double the length of a fight, so... Um, yeah, so who do we got next? I'm pulling it up right now. Let's see uh, here. Gunnar Nelson versus Brian Barberino. Oh, yeah. Quick and painless, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much how we thought it would go. I mean, Brian Barberino is just not that good, right? Like, I don't know. He somehow has put up some pretty good performances. But I know, and I thought he's a snuff of a slugger that he might be able to. Yeah, but he doesn't have, like, he still has kind of pillow fish some, but then sometimes he just catches people and like it doesn't look like he throws that hard. I don't know if he's one of those guys that kind of mixes up the speed of his strikes or what, but I don't know. He just somehow looks good some fights and then looks absolutely terrible other fights. So yeah, um, Gunnar Nelson was just leagues above him. That's all. Gunnar Nelson too. That was he's very good. He doesn't fight enough to like stay in the you know, the discussion for any division or any any yeah. rankings, but he is very good. Definitely. Yeah, it was just we haven't seen him much lately, so it was hard to say. But um he definitely still has the has the tools to beat up on guys like Brian Barberino pretty easily. Yeah, it was a it was a it was a cake matchup. Um Jennifer Maya, Casey O'Neill, I was way off on this one. Casey O'Neill was her first fight back from ACL surgery. Not a, not of uh an excuse. I thought she was beat soundly. Yeah, I thought she was beat 100%. I mean, I saw people saying this was a close fight and that they thought some people saying Jessica O'Neill won, and I thought that's insane to to hear. I I thought it was very clearly Jennifer Maya. I thought she won fairly easily. And uh, uh, Yeah, I thought you could have given her all three rounds. Yeah. I think one judge maybe did. Yeah, I think so. I think I would probably give her all three rounds because I, I don't think Casey O'Neill looked very good, and Jennifer Maya looked pretty good, so um, got to give her props. Yeah, Marvin Vittori, Roman Delize. Um, Dude, Mr. Studio Girl got robbed. He did. His luck ran out, but he looked... Did he look good or did Marvin Vittori look bad? Marvin Vittori looked terrible, and he didn't... Marvin Vittori went to Thailand to train, and now all of a sudden thought he was a kickboxer or something. He didn't shoot any takedowns almost the entire... Fu- I, don't, I don't know if he I did know. attempt he, any takedowns. He, he wasn't like... He didn't do like his bull rush style fighting, and that's like what he... Marvin Vittori, like, the nicest thing you can say about him is he's like a big, dumb meathead. yeah. He like thought he was like a point fighter or whatever, and um, yeah, it was just a completely different game plan than we've ever seen him fight before. Um, he just kind of, and I guess they say he won on volume, like, but I thought Roman Delize was throwing way more and landing a lot more. But maybe I was just seeing the harder punches landed. But uh, yeah, I thought I thought Roman Delize won that fight, but I guess the judges didn't agree. So. Yeah, not much you can say there. He's been on quite a run, so we'll say that he uh, – the luck finally ran out for Mr. Steal Your Girl. Yeah. But I don't think it really hurts his stock. No, he I don't think it does either. an unranked nobody to, like, fighting top three, four or five guy in the division and arguably, arguably beat him. Yeah, yeah, Marvin Vittori, like, which I thought was a tough matchup for him, and he looked as good as ever. So he didn't get the knockout, but nobody knocks out Marvin Vittori. So. Yeah, Marvin Vittori is – I mean, there's just, I don't know if he has a brain to turn off, so. No, he stunned him a few times, I felt like, though. Yeah, he rocked him a couple times. Um, 
Jack Shore, Mac Juan Americani. I think you were right to take out a flyer. Mac Juan Americani looked really good early on, and then he just did uh, what Mac Juan Americani usually does. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, not much really to be sad except for that. I mean, he, he looked good in the first round, and then uh, then he kind of gassed and, and got beat. But there was always a live chance that he would finish Jack Shore or something in the first round, and it didn't happen, but at plus 400, and what was it, like plus 800 or something like to win in yeah, the first round? Like, I think he gassed himself out. Yeah, what are but, you gonna do? Yeah, well, didn't hurt anything. Uh, overall, pretty solid card. London cards always a little different vibe to them. Thought it was great though. Um, big fan of the daytime cards as well. I don't know why they decided to go toe to toe with March Madness because yeah, it was so stupid. And yeah, so didn't really. I don't know if they just didn't realize the timing or what, but how that. I mean, they're experts. Like, they they had to realize the timing. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, especially having it like a daytime card. The first when March Madness is going on, like, Madness. if it's like a 10 p.m. card, you know, when the main event's at 10, yeah, that's fine. You get jacked up on March Madness all day and then you watch fights at night. Yeah, exactly. But to like put it like competing like midday with March Madness, that was a big mistake. It was, that was very odd. That was very dumb. Um, but, I don't know. Maybe they just say we're going to do our thing, and every whoever wants to watch will watch. I'd be curious to see the numbers if they took a big hit or not. Um, yeah, I don't know. It seems or maybe like, they get paid either way with the new ESPN stuff. Who knows? Yeah, I think they got some deal where they get paid for five hundred thousand buys. But um, yeah, I think they probably just figured. I mean, Leon Edwards is not like this. Wasn't like a huge pay per view draw, probably. Anyways, True. it was more of. I'm sure their live gate was the big. That's their. That yeah, was the I big think poll here. They set the record at the O2, they said, nine million or nine nine million dollar gate or something like that. Wow. Yeah, I mean I'm sure that was the that was the big the big attraction. So overall though, solid card. I mean, there was a lot of good fights there. Definitely. Um yeah, I mean I thought it was a little I don't know, I thought it was a little uh, underwhelming for me overall, but um I don't know, I felt like it was I gonna think, be bigger. I thought the crowd was gonna be crazier and stuff and uh for me the Fazev Gaethje fight saved everything like yeah, after that definitely. i was like i don't know you can't not get jacked up for that but yeah there's just like the first three fights were just so so like you know a boring fight with marvin vittori and roman delize overall um what's his name got caught in the knee bar that mock makayev yeah yeah that was crazy yeah it was a pretty insane submission there like and then he just couldn't even walk after like it's kind of idiotic that was a that was one of those things that you get jacked up for when somebody escapes something like that, like getting their leg ripped off and then they come back and win. Yeah, yeah, so that, that was, was cool. Um, yeah, there was a few there was a few big moments I would say, um, and then obviously the Gaethje fight, what the Gaethje Fizev fight was just a highlight, and then um, yeah, I mean all, overall though, like you know, like I said, solid 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 all around. Um, definitely not card of the year or anything like that. No, but yeah, it was decent for having two pay per views like. Within two weeks, not too bad. True, absolutely. And I think if Usman would have brought his A game, it would have been. Yeah, a that's true. Story. Five, three years ago, I would have never said that. But Usman <laughs> bringing his A game is a was a game changer there for a little while. But anyways, we can wrap that up and move on to our uh, our segments here. It's uh, I think it's your turn to go first this week for your. All right. We'll Shout out and call out. Who you got? We'll start out with the Isn't He Awesome? We'll do uh, Roman Delize, Miss Steeler Girl. He, his winning streak ended, but um, I think he still uh, showed out, so got to give him paper. props. It ended on paper. Yeah, ended on paper, but um, I, I, I don't think uh, what's-her-name is leaving him or anything. Cheyenne Baez or Villisma. Cheyenne the Warrior Princess. After that Villisma's. performance. I, I don't think... Uh, 
I don't think Marvin Vittori is gonna gonna take Cheyenne uh, from Roman after that performance, so um, he'll hold on to her. So, uh, got to give him a shout out. And uh, let's say uh, movie. Uh, we don't really do movie calls, but Scream Six, pretty good movie. Really? Feel, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it's not that great, but it's like <laughs> it's a good movie. No, it's really not that great. I don't know. It was better than I expected. I thought I thought it was gonna be. I think it was one of those like thought it was gonna be terrible and it wasn't too bad. So. Well, do you remember how big I think I think Scream Two was the really big one. Do you remember how big those were? We were probably in like yeah. third or fourth grade. Yeah, when we were younger. Scream One was pretty big too. Yeah, like, but I think and it was then they so did like big the, that the sequel got huge. Yeah, the scary movies. And then the scary them. movie made the parodies, and they made like ten of those. Yeah, they they need to bring them back. Maybe <laughs> you're gonna bring Scream back. Bring it back. It's the scary movie parody films were so big for a while. Now they're gone. <laughs> yeah. Like spoofs. When's yeah, the last time there was a spoof? Dude, I have no clue. Probably whenever so the last many. scary movie came out. There was so many for so long. Yeah. But there was all different kinds of them, too. Like, not another teen movie, s- scary movie. Um, I was just, but there was so many of them. Yeah. But it's a dying genre. Definitely a dying. I mean, comedy's a di- dead, so. That's true. That is true. If you're not making comedies, even, you can't make spoofs. True. Yeah, you have to have something. You have to be allowed to make fun of stuff, too. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't Cocaine know Bear, UFC sponsored movie. You seen it yet? I did. It was actually good. Yeah, I thought it was better than I. That was another one where it was just funnier than I expected. Way too. better than I expected. Yeah, it looks so. The previews did not do it justice. They made it look so stupid in the previews, and then it actually was pretty funny. Like Ice, what is that? Ice Cube's kid. Oh, Ice Cube's son that looks just like him. Yeah, he's pretty funny in it, and um, the old black guy with the with the fluffy dog. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that dude was pretty funny. And the guy the, from the Wire. The hillbilly kids are pretty funny too. Oh yeah, the kids were hilarious. That was, I liked also like the retro aesthetic of it, where it was like felt like it was like a yeah, like, like early nineties or something. Early nineties, yeah. yeah. That was a shockingly good film. Yeah, definitely. So. UFC finally sponsored a film that wasn't absolutely <laughs> yeah. terrible, dude. It you know, usually if, uh, if they're announcing it before the main event as like a, a sponsor of the UFC, it's usually an awful movie. That's pretty much a pass automatically, but uh, this was true. one of the few ones they got right. Yeah, shout out to them for that. Cocaine Bear. Anybody that sponsored the UFC usually isn't much quality of products. <laughs> Corn true. nuts, terrible snack. Um, disgusting. The P4 protein packs. What Those can't to, be very remember good. Remember Science, the one that was sponsored Chuck Liddell? It was Science, but it was spelled like X S X C I S E. It was like it was like a it was like um uh athletic supplements. But I think they like I don't even know they're gone. Probably went under. Muscle Farm for a long time. Monster Energy, which is disgusting. Does anyone even drink Monster Energy or is it just a marketing company? I think it's just a marketing company now. Like when it first came out, everybody drank it, but that was it was either Red Bull or Monster. Those were the only two energy drinks. In my you could opinion, buy. both are disgusting, but Red Bull is significantly better. Way better. Yeah. Like if you like what where are some of those bars in Old Town that you have to get a Monster uh, vodka? They don't have Red Bull vodka. Yeah, that doesn't happen to me in a it's long disgusting. time. That used to have. They seem like that used to happen more frequently, but I truly wonder if that was like became an issue for some places. I think it had to be because it was. Well, do you remember ones that yeah, nasty? No, I haven't happened to me since Mill Avenue, but there were ones that you had to get Rockstar instead of. <laughs> yeah, that, I, that Rock, hasn't okay, happened in a long Monster's time. Monsters bad, but Rockstar was the absolute worst. <laughs> oh god, terrible How did that name too. Thing happened. Um, yeah, energy drinks are, and people who wake up in the morning and drink energy drinks are cr- like savages, cr- crazy. <laughs> yeah, 
But again, work in construction, you see all sorts of weird stuff. But I mean, that's an insane move. Like people that get up and drink the biggest, biggest Red Bull. But anyhow, not to get too far off topic, the UFC has definitely had some interesting, interesting uh, sponsors over the years. Definitely, Condom Depot. I don't know if they're UFC that wasn't sponsor, their sponsor, but then Trojan became their sponsor, and they were people were saying like, remember yeah. how much trouble that guy got in for wearing a Condom Depot um, on his shorts? Yeah, and then and they Dana have Trojan said, like, like right out the giant advertisement right on yeah. the octagon. Absolutely. Trojan classy, condom depot, not very classy. Yeah, that's where they draw the line. <laughs> if you're getting, if you're going like Costco um, amounts of condoms who, at one time. Who like, is going to condom depot though? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, you just need a classy four pack of Trojans. That's, that's fine. But uh, fucking <laughs> the family wholesale size condoms. Yeah, wholesale condoms. I shouldn't call it family size. <laughs> yeah. You gotta be having a lot of sex to go to the condom depot, dude. Probably shouldn't call it family size, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, we'll, whole, we'll move on to the call. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Go to your call. Huh? Um, uh, we'll call out Dana White, dude. Um, usually love the guy, but um, have a little bit of problem with him. Just being dead set on Colby Covington getting the next title shot. It's it's a weird thing. Like this is every single time. For as long as I've been watching UFC, if they get asked about a fight for the guy who just fought that night, it's automatically like, we don't make fights the night of the fight. And then all of a sudden it was Colby Covington is 100% getting the next shot. Reporter asked him, what about if something crazy happens in the Masvidal Burns fight? He's Colby Covington still fighting next. And isn't it weird that he didn't let Leon in like... I know you hate Leon, but even you would have probably like been like the guy just fought, like let him celebrate his win instead of being like you're fighting Colby next. Like yeah, it was so funny too. Like they tried to like you know they put the camera on Colby, expecting like Leon to call him out. Like it almost seems like the UFC told him to call him out or something, and then he didn't. And then like Colby was walking to the cage, like they're trying to set up like a WWE style thing, and then Leon was like, "No, nah, screw Colby. Like I want Masvidal or whatever if he wins." And then Colby just turned around he was halfway to the cage and he just turned around and walked out of their arena yeah. like all pissed off and now Colby Covington's just been going off about anything and everything like trying to uh keep some hype going so yeah I mean one guy I guess he could be your call he could be a call you'd probably like to call him out is like Bilal Muhammad thinks he should get the next title shot which is nobody wants to see Bilal Muhammad fight for the next title shot like dude you have done the exact opposite of everybody else. While everybody else has decided, all right, I'm going to try and be more exciting, he's done the exact opposite. He's, also, I'm going to be as just boring as possible. Ass, like a year ago, two years ago. Yeah, he, he tore his rat now, but still. <laughs> but <he laughs> I guess that's an ass, ass kicking. If you do that in the streets, you win, right? Exactly. If you detach somebody's rat now with, with an eye gouge. Yeah. But, yeah, I thought that was weird. Um been seeing some conspiracy theories online about it that uh that um the ufc promised him the title shot to uh drop the charges against masvidal and like uh i actually like that conspiracy yeah so like they're like why else would dana be so dead set on it like he's never been like this in the history like it seems like something has to be there has to be something more to it right like every single fight it's i don't make fight i don't make fights the night of the fights and then all of a sudden it's Colby's getting the next title shot no matter what. Yeah, it certainly seems like there has to be something to that. Um, I'd like to at least choose to believe so. Yeah, I think so. All right, then, ready to move on to my Yeah, what you got? Um, 
my uh, shout out this week, I was just doing Gaethje. Um, he said he's not going to be here much longer, so um, and retirement. Well, he well he says he's making one more run at the title. He's not going to be around forever. Um, more so, my what I really like about him, like quiet. I think somewhat quietly, like he's got to be getting paid a ton to fight now. Yeah, and he it's one of those ones you don't hear about. Like he's never sat yeah. out or whatever. And but you don't look at him like this guy's probably the highest paid one of the three or four highest paid fighters in the sport, and I'm sure he is. Yeah, non-champion. Definitely one of the highest paid non-champions. Yeah, the like, highest, not, highest base not getting pay-per-view points. Like, Yeah, I mean, Nate was probably the highest paid non-champion because he was getting pay-per-view points too. So. Yeah, well, he was on a whole different level, but I just think that it's just, you know, you don't think about, you just think like the more they want to brawl, usually the less you can pay them, like the dumber they usually are. Like they're, they just want to fight. So just to think it's awesome that, you know, and hopefully, like I said, he's, he's, he said, like, I'm going to be the most electric fighter in the sport. And he's done it every single time somehow. He's never gotten pulled into a boring fight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, the mo- most boring fight is probably the Khabib fight, right? And even that one, round one, he won. He was going, I mean, he was taking it to Khabib. He just is a white belt on the ground. But yeah, um, yeah, and I mean, even the Oliveira fight last year that we were at, he it was a one-round fight, but it felt like it was four rounds. Yeah, exactly. That was a crazy fight. So, yeah, you're right. He's been he's been a staple since uh, he came just, on the scene versus Michael Johnson. I don't think anybody's ever like to went from to, went from like first like went to musty TV. The so body quick. of work because the hype was so big for his first fight, and he delivered. It was like fight of the year. And yeah. Every fight since then has been like a fight of the year. It was like Platinum Perry and him came in around at the same time and yeah. like kind of took. MMA by storm, but Platinum's washed out MMA, but he's, or UFC at least. I guess MMA is in bare knuckle. Now he's killing. He's yeah. He found his calling. Yeah. Imagine that he's built for. He's a perfect candidate for bare knuckle. But but yeah, I mean, I just I uh, I think like listening to him say like I only have a few fights left in me, whether it's true or not, like just kind of struck me like wow, this guy's not gonna be around forever. Yeah, and it's crazy because. Uh, doesn't seem like he's been around that long either, but he's gotten a lot of fights in, though. So. And I've heard, like, the cliche with him, and I think it's 100% true. If you were going to try to get somebody into MMA, what, who would you sh- what fighter would you show them? Yeah, probably, probably Gagey. Right? Yeah, if you could only pick one guy, yeah. And I think sure. I just got – I think that I got kind of complacent with him because I'm like, he's going to be around a long time, and I don't think he's ever going to win a title. He won the interim belt, which is a great accomplishment, but I was just like, he's never going to actually win a title. So, but – so you can't. He kind of like you know. Kind of. I'm more worried about titles, contenders, who they really are. But uh, he just puts together such a solid body work, and we got another insane fight from him. We just it's like you. You think eventually these some of these young guys are just going to take his head off, or he's going to stop training as hard, or whatever. But he always finds a way to do it. So shout out to him. Um, call out. This almost makes no sense after the shout out I just gave Gaethje. But uh, Trevor Whitman, need to get your boys in order. Um, last right. year, at one point, he had Usman with a belt. Gaethje with an intern belt, Rose with a belt. Yeah. Now he has Usman's washed. Gaethje's not winning a belt. Rose is, where is Rose now? She's not doing anything. She's just playing house with uh, Pat Berry. Pat Berry, yeah. Yeah. Um, what was her last, was her last fight? Carlos Barza, right? That was her last fight a year ago, we, we, the one we were at? I think so. I don't think she's fought since then, has she? I don't think so. No, she did fight one more time, didn't she? She came back and everybody's saying it was going to be super boring, right? Or let yeah, me look, it, look up. it up. But anyhow, Trevor Whitman, man, 
Um, not that I don't think I do think he's a good coach, but he's only got three. He's got three pupils handpicked, and no, Carlos Barzo was the last fight. Wow, yeah, she's not even matched up with anybody, and now Carlos Barzo doesn't have the belt either. And Rose already beat Zhang Weili twice. She's in the same position as Usman. Yeah, right. Well, assuming that Colby beats Leon, but like she's already beat everyone except. Yeah, it's Trevor Whitman's and uh, he went from. It, it's funny how MMA gyms work. Like one minute you're on top of the world and you have ever, or even like when it was Usman, Adesanya, and Nagano all with the belts, and now none of them have belts. It's just changing the guard. But um, I don't know where. I don't, my biggest complaint with this is just like Usman didn't look like he was ready to fight. Um, I don't know if they went into it knowing this or not, but it just didn't look like a. It didn't look like a classic Usman performance, so um, put it on. Uh, put it on the coach who gets all the credit when they win. So you may as well give them some of the Definitely. some of the uh, blame when they lose. So um, he may have to start taking on new students too. Like I think when your stock is as high as it can be, which it was probably a year or two ago, yeah. when all three of them had belts, probably should have recruited somebody. Yeah, kind exactly. Of an up and comer. You need somebody because he's yeah. The gym's not looking too too <laughs> yeah, fresh I mean, right all now. Contenders, but they're. None of them. Have, none of them are. At least they're not all, all on losing streaks now because Gaethje won. But close enough. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Better get their gym in order. But yeah. Uh, but it's like two of them look like they have like no chance to like. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're staring well, retirement. Down. I think all three of them don't really have a chance. Like. Yeah. Because I don't. I think Gaethje's the best of the bunch, but I don't think he's ever going to win a belt. Like. No, but he's just going to win fights and make money for the gym. I guess so. True. That's that is true. So wouldn't say they're in the worst position ever, but they're certainly on a decline. Whether or not they're yeah. still elite is a different story. They are, certainly are, but they're not like Jackson and w- Jackson Winks. Oh my Dude, goodness, that's like the biggest fall from grace of any gym ever. Like that could use like a whole that could use like a whole documentary of like, yeah, like everybody a, was trying to go there at the same time, and then all the people that they alienated the wrong people. And plus, it's like ATT took over. Like, do you want to live in Miami or Albuquerque? <laughs> Yeah, and the only person who stuck around, the only two people who stuck around are John Jones and Holly Holm. Yeah, who love Albuquerque. They're like the fucking mayor and, like, <laughs> you know, the king and queen of Albuquerque, I would say. Yeah, I don't know what... Are there any more two famous people that live in Albuquerque? It's They've got to be the most famous people in Albuquerque, And, right? like, they had some big names there, too. Like, Cowboy Cerrone, was, that was his gym, too, but then they took on Platinum Perry to train him for the Cowboy Cerrone fight, so Cowboy left. Yeah, and they had, like, the huge, like... You know, like barracks full of like young guys and stuff. They're like yeah. the biggest gym. Like everybody was there, and now, now it doesn't seem like anybody's there. I'm They're sure split up now too. It's just Jackson's now, right? Yeah, it's just Jackson's. I don't know what happened. I don't know if Wink came back. Or, there's some weird thing with Winkle John, but um, yeah. Now it's just ATT has like half the roster. Yeah, yeah. They're certainly top dog right now. Um, I don't know if you saw. There was a funny Conor McGregor had a funny post where he made fun of every coach, and then he put something like. John Kavanaugh's the real master or something, which was just laughable because <laughs> I may call it out Trevor Whitman, but, like, he's actually a good coach. John Kavanaugh's the biggest yeah. idiot in the sport. No, definitely. So, anyhow, we can move on, though, get into our uh, our upcoming card here. We have, uh, again, I said it was a decent fight night. I'm, I'm not going anything above decent, on paper at least. I think it's got a solid main event. Um after that, it falls off a little bit, but um, they did the old throw Holly home on a card and make it 
to give it some name value move and uh, try to see where that'll take him. So get into it. We got uh, Cheeto Vera against Corey Sanhagen. I really like this fight a lot. Um, Corey Sanhagen is minus one, 165. Cheeto Vera plus 135. Obviously, Cheeto Vera is on a big run. The best of his career, probably fighting, probably fighting the best fights of his career, um, best performances of his career. Sanhagen, um, he's kind of been up and down in his career, but clearly is a guy with a lot of tools. I I have a really hard time picking against Sanhagen here. Vera is a guy that usually gets beat up early and then comes back, comes finishes strong. I don't know if that'll work against a guy like Sanhagen. Yeah, I mean, so Vera, the problem with his fighting style is like he pretty much needs a finish to win, right? Like he doesn't yeah, win very many so decisions. He he just does not throw volume. It's like he waits for the perfect shot and he's been on a run of finding it almost every single time. But like most of these fights, like if he didn't find a late finish, he was on his way to losing. So um, I, I just think the magic can't keep happening time after, you know, just again and again, like it, it's clear that he, he knows what he's doing. He is like, definitely like measuring guys up and and finding those perfect shots but i just don't think you're gonna find them every in 15 minutes or 25 minutes every single time so against a guy like sandhagen is pretty dynamic i think he's got a pretty decent chin um and is gonna throw tons of volume um to where he's gonna win these rounds so it's on it's basically if cheeto's gonna knock him out that's i think that's his only pet to victor so i thought (laughs) i said that about leon last week and i was i was completely wrong but i I'm pretty confident in that. You're so, back on it. Yeah, I like I like Corey Sandhagen here, and uh, I would say Corey Sandhagen by decision too, but um, it's definitely not worth it. He goes, it's minus 165 for Sandhagen, and it's, I looked it up earlier, it's plus 100 for him to win by decision. So you're not really getting any value. So that's definitely the way Vegas thinks the uh, the fight's going to go, Sandhagen by decision. So yeah, and but I think you could get like uh, you could get Marlon Vera at. Uh, like plus 400 or something to win by knockout. So that doesn't seem too bad either. What about submission, though? Because Corey Sanhagen's biggest weakness is that he gives his back up to everybody. That's how Aljamain Sterling choked him out in like a minute. Yeah, is Marlon Vera really going to get him in a position to take his back, though? I think he I think he has decent – I think he does have decent grappling. I just don't know if he'll use it. Yeah, I think it would have to be kind of like a club and sub, basically. Yeah, Definitely. I just know that's that's why I that's why I picked Sanhagen to win. Honestly, is because Sanhagen's weakness is grappling and giving his back up, and I don't really envision Cheeto going after that, trying to use that against him. So that's why I think that if you're not going to use that against Sanhagen, he's going to be you're going to it's going to be tough to beat him. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, we're it sounds like we're on the the same page pretty much here. And you know, I've got Marlon Vera is probably my number one most hated <laughs> fighter at this point. Like. It's between him and Masvidal. Uh, we'll do a quick call to Masvidal here. I kind of forgot about this, but so I he was on Rogan. I don't know if you saw, but um, so I was like, I hate this guy, but maybe I I'm gonna put it on and uh, maybe I can get something to he was call on him again. out on. Yeah, he's just he was on like this week or something, or I don't know if it was this week or last week, but uh, yeah. So I put it on and I could not, dude. This is the most boring guy in the entire world, man. It was painful. I only got through like 30 minutes and it was painful to listen to. And usually I can listen to rogan talk with almost anybody but this dude is dull as can be yeah i just think he's a guy that hit it big and then he tried to take that take the portrayal to the next level and it's just it's brutal he's the biggest fake gangster like (laughs) that there is yeah no i wouldn't i wouldn't say that that's too far off the truth um so anyways we got uh 
the classic Holly Holm, 40-something years old, versus Yana Kuntuskaya. Holly Holm, minus 250. Kuntuskaya is, it looks like they have multiple lines here. Oh, yeah, they have her listed as Yana Santos because she's married to Tiago Santos. Um, she's plus 200. So, if you're a real degenerate and you want to get in a Holly Holm betting line, um, <laughs> she probably wins this fight. Yana Kuntuskaya isn't very good. But what happens with what it, it? Nobody has lived off of hype more than Holly Holm knocking out Ronda Rousey. Like, what was it like now? Eight years ago, dude, it's insane. She's got like this just built-in fan base from one fight that like she'll she never loses. People, she's like a casual draw. No matter, I feel like it's kind of faded quite a bit, but. It was way longer than I could have ever imagined, and I think it still pulls some weight. It's it's kind of insane, but she's the most boring fighter in, in women's MMA, and maybe in MMA in general. One of the most top ten most boring uh, overall career-wise, but she has one highlight that nobody will let go. So um, it was unbelievable. It was when Ronda Rousey, like, I, looking back on it now, it seems like... <laughs> seems like it was... Uh, we knew that we should have seen it coming. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of those in women's MMA, right? So, um, but um, this one more so than any that I can remember, at least. But uh, it was a picture perfect strike that she knocked out Ronda Rousey with and uh, just exposed her. And uh, she's lived off, made an entire career and one of the more popular draws in the UFC for like the longest time. So, I, regardless, I think she's going to win this fight. Yeah, I think so. Um, too. I mean, Giannis Santos, Kuniskaya, I think it's a, a pretty good matchup-wise. I think Kuniskaya doesn't throw the, the most volume. She kind of, I don't know, she looks really good some fights, but then, like, there was one fight, I just can't remember who it was against, that she looked really good, and then she's looked like shit her last two fights. So. Didn't she get a title shot early in her career or something, too? Uh, I don't know if she got a title shot, but she kind of got fast-tracked a little bit, and then she got beat up a few times. She got her last fight she looked terrible in was against... Um, Who's that, like, giant chick? Um, uh, not Waymos. It was uh, the, uh, the really slow one, but she's really big. Yeah, yeah, um, you know what I'm talking about. Ketlin Vieira? Ketlin Vieira, yeah. Um, she got beat up badly by Ketlin Vieira. So I think Holly Holm will just put on, like, a, a normal point fight and decision victory here, and uh, you might be able to get a, quite a bit better line on deci- by decision. Let's see. Maybe not, though. Um Oh, yeah. oh, minus one fifteen to win by decision. So that improves it drastically. Yeah, that's improves. compared to like Sanhagen only getting you to plus one hundred from minus one sixty five. That makes it yeah, that makes it way more. Yeah, another thing too, like remember that uh, everyone thinks that Holly Holm's going to be an exciting fighter, and because she had that such great highlight, but like her, all her fights have been boring except that one. Yeah, every single one of them. There hasn't been a single other good fight that she's fought in. Yeah. Um, not boring fighter, Nate Landwehr versus Austin Lingo. Uh, what is the line here? We got uh, uh, Nate Landwehr, minus 225, Austin yeah, Lingo, plus crazy. 180. I don't know if I feel as comfortable with Nate Landwehr here being a favorite. Yeah, and a guys, minus, You want to see him in that dog spot. You want to see him, like, plus 150. Yeah, a minus 225 favorite nonetheless. Like, that's yeah. pretty big Pretty big odds on Nate Landwehr here. Like, the, it's kind of tough because, you know, the thing that makes him – uh, a live option against anybody is he's just fucking wild, right? So he is it, the he's the bastard child of uh, Dar- Darren Elkins. Yeah, right. And that I think also, they actually fought each other too. 
that also leads you to losing some fights you should probably win. So um, it's kind of a, a double-edged sword here. So minus 225, I'm not super comfortable with, but regardless, I, I think I'm going Nate Landwehr here. Yeah, you just hate to see him in that favorite spot because it's so fun when he's an underdog. Yeah, exactly, but you got to oh, well. do what you got to do. I think he beats Austin Lingo. Yeah. Uh, Andrea Lever's Macy Barber. Um, what is the line here? We got Macy Barber minus 275, Andrea Lee plus 225. Um, I'll give credit to Andrea Lee. She's improved significantly from early on. I would have never taken her. but And on top of that, Macy Barber has fallen off from her start, big start. Um, minus... 275 is way too high for Macy Barber. Yeah, I'm going, you know, you got to take a woman's underdog on every card, it seems like. So I think Andrea Lee is going to be my woman's underdog here. So we're going to go with her. I mean, she starts off pretty strong and then she fades. Um, Macy Barber starts slow. Yeah, she usually finishes strong. You know, I think it's going to be, it's a three-round fight. So I think she'll win the first round, that uh, Andrea Lee, that is. And then second and third, I mean, Macy Barber's tends to pick up, so it could be where we look good and Andrea Lee's winning the first round, and then Macy Barber kind of puts it on her second and third, but hopefully she can maybe, like, hit a takedown or something. Macy Barber, she is kind of explosive, but I don't know. I think there's a path to victory, and plus 225 is, is decent value. So, And it's, it's women's MMA. It's uh, one of these women's underdogs wins every single card. So Yeah, I, I've actually, as much as I don't like Andrea Lee, I've lost money betting against her in the past. Yeah. She's proven me wrong several times um, and looked good a couple times doing it. Um, I don't remember who did I see. Did she lose to Roxanne Montefiore? Yeah, she did. That's the fight that I've held over her head for years. I think I called that one, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I do remember that. That was a long... That was early on. I think we were already doing the show back then, but... Um, yeah, it was 2020, September 2020. Yeah, we would have been... Yeah, I remember that now. I remember where we record where we were when we recorded that one. Yeah, I've just she's lost a couple fights that I've held against her, um, but she's also proven me wrong a couple times and looked really good a couple times. Um, so, and Macy Barber's pro- looked. She went from looking good. She also lost to Roxanne Modafferi. Yeah, geez, we got two women that have lost to Roxanne Modafferi. Roxanne Modafferi's daughters are fighting this weekend. Yeah, for real. And I mean, the only thing that doesn't look good for. Um, for um, Andrea Lee here is like so she lost to Roxanne then she beats Antonia Shevchenko bum of the Shevchenko sisters um, Cynthia Calvillo who had bas- I think basically quit in that fight like she was done she like retired right before and then came back and then she lost to Vivian Arrugia in her last fight so her, her two recent wins aren't against the, uh, the best competition yeah, and but her loss is against good competition, so it's hard to really rank. It's hard to say where she we were to rank her, but yeah, her only bad loss is Roxanne Montefiore. So uh, she lost to Lauren Murphy and Joanne Calderwood. Besides that, when Calderwood was decent, actually, I think she looked really bad in one of those fights. Something, something I saw that you know, I'm, and I'm not right. It was the Roxanne Montefiore fight. She looked terrible, and it was a, she kept she, getting taken down, right? Yeah, it was split decision versus Lauren Murphy and Joanne Calderwood. So. Yeah, so she's definitely she's definitely been able to put up some decent performances. So, and she's um, a lot bigger, I think, than uh, than um, Macy, Macy Barber. Barber. Yeah, yeah, um, and it's just hard to picture where Macy Barber's going to be. Like, she's looked great, and she has looked like she's she pretty had green one round against times. Alexa Grasso where she looked unreal, and then she lost that fight. Um, she had one round against 
somebody else, maybe Miranda Maverick or somebody that she looked really good, then she lost that fight. Like they're always a third round too. She didn't she, she beat Miranda Maverick, but oh, Miranda, that was the one where there was a it was a terrible robbery decision. decision. Yeah, yeah, but I think I think so. I think Maverick won the first two rounds pretty clearly, and I think yeah, Macy somehow Barber they gave finished Macy really Barber. strong. And she got that insane decision. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, crazy. Crazy how much we know remember about women's MMA. So <laughs> Right. Um, all right. Alex Perez, Manel Cape. This is a good fight. This is a really good fight. Um, what's the line in this one? We got the Star Boy. Yeah, Alex Perez plus one forty five and Star Boy Manel Cape minus one seventy five. I think that line's a little steep for Manel Cape. We've seen him look really good. Did he lose his two first his first two fights in the UFC? Yeah, he's looked really good and really bad at he, times. Like he gave away his first two fights, basically. Yeah, he didn't throw any punches. Like he but just he's looked really good since, right? Yeah, he has looked pretty good since. Um, he, I think he might have lost a fight or two in between, but um, he's kind of inconsistent. Would be my my problem with them. Um, and uh, Alex Perez. I think he's past his prime, to be honest with you. But this is a guy that was in title of contention or fought for a title not too long ago. So um, against Figueredo, right? Did Perez and Cape already fight each other? Was that his first fight in the UFC? Uh, no, he fought uh, Pantoja in his Pantoja, first fight. Pantoja, yeah, I get those guys mixed up. Yeah, he lost to Pantoja and Mataus Nicolau. And then since then, he's beat Odie Osborne, um, Zumagulov, awesome. and David Dvorak. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Alex Perez, though, he's a tricky fighter, so... He's just so solid. He's a very solid fighter for his division. Yeah, you got... So, Perez, he's lost to Pantoja, Figueredo, and Benavides. Those are his two losses in the UFC, so... I was surprised that he got submitted by Pantoja, right? Yeah, he got submitted in his last two fights, actually. He got yeah. submitted versus Figueredo and Pantoja. I don't think that's... For a guy who's good at jiu-jitsu, he's one of those guys like... Um, like uh, like Chesia, or I can never say... Chiesa? Chiesa. Yeah, um, where he's got all the jiu-jitsu stuff, all the offensive jiu-jitsu, but yeah, no defensive jiu-jitsu. And, and gets submitted all the he time, got, too. He got stuck in Figueredo's signature guillotine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I and mean, then Pantoja got to his back fairly early, I think maybe second round, or was it even first round? It was the first round, yeah, first round finish. And it was just a neck crank he tapped to, too, which is never good. But um, but I don't, I don't. we've never seen Manel Cape do anything jiu-jitsu-wise. He's been no, he's a kickboxer, right? It's going to be kind of stand-up, I would think. And that's where I think maybe Alex Perez could possibly submit him let's see um six mm. losses two by submission maybe outwork him too cape is a, that issue of freezing up he's just looked he's looked really his first two fights he was terrible it looked terrible yeah and he's just looked really good since yeah exactly so i'm gonna take a flyer on alex Perez here but um i wouldn't be surprised if you see manel cape look pretty good too so yeah he's he's got electric stuff no question about that um uh let's see we got chitty nijekwi Versus Albert Durev. Durayev. Durayev. Okay. Where have we seen Durayev at? Uh, uh, he fought Roman Kapilov. He fought um, he fought a few guys recently. Um, so basically... He Chitty, fought Ola Jacek. Yeah, he fought Ola Jacek. Joaquin Buckley. Joaquin Buckley head kick him? That was on the Cater Emmett card. What happened in that fight? Uh, that was I the think- Austin, Texas card. It was a close fight. Let me see. Drive. I saw the fight. I just don't remember. <laughs> it's so it's so bad. Uh, these things just all lumped together. Yeah, he got a uh, yeah TKO by Doctor Stoppage versus Joaquin Buckley. 
Um, before that, he beat Roman Kapilov in his first UFC fight. So it's only his third UFC fight. So Duraev, his big problem is he gasses pretty hard, right? He's like a wrestler, which I think could come out pretty strong against uh, Chidi Nijikwani here. Um, Nijikwani is a long striker, right? Um, not particularly good at keeping people on the outside. So I think Duraev will have some success early. But um, I don't think he's going to get the finish early, and I think he's going to fade. And Chitty is an incredibly dangerous striker. Oh, so. my gosh, yeah. He's got – and I didn't think I said the line, but Chitty is a minus-175 favorite. Derive plus-145. Yeah, so I think I think uh, Njiquani is going to get a finish in round two or three here. He's hurt everybody he's fought. Remember that fight? Uh, I think uh, Robocop ended up beating him in that fight back in September. Yeah. But he, remember that cut on Robocop's head that was like – Oh, yeah, it was nasty. Probably he was on his way to winning cut. that fight easy, and then yeah. he got caught. Yeah. Yeah, he's just – he's not great on the ground, but he's got unbelievable power. Yeah, exactly. So Electric finisher. Fun fighter to watch. This is, a, this is definitely like a fight to watch. Definitely. So I think I think he'll get the finish. I don't think Duraev is going to finish him early, which he'd need to catch him in a submission or something, which he could. But um, I just think he's – Duraev is going to be in danger going for the takedown, right? So you could see a first-round finish here by Nijikwani. I think, think Chitty has some first-round finishes as well. Yeah, so I think you go Chitty and maybe even by finish here or something because um, – uh, He's dangerous. Duraev, he it's got beat up in both of his fights. He beat Roman Kapilov, but he almost got finished in the third round. He completely dominated Kapilov for two rounds, and then uh, Kapilov pieced him up in the third. Uh, but Kapilov's kind of got a crazy gas tank and whatnot. So, um, But I think, yeah, I think Chitty will finish him. So, And if we're going to go by Nichiquani by knockout, it just brings it to plus 100. So that seems like what Vegas is thinking too. So, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot. Any other fights in this card that you are have circled or are looking at? Not really. I mean, I think that's pretty much like what we went over here is the best thing. We were supposed to get here. Alex Caceres versus Nate Landweir, but that must have got canceled because we only have one line on that. That would have been that would have been Nate Landweir in a little dog spot. Remember, I said if you wanted to see him at plus one fifty, he's about plus one forty against. Yeah, that would have been perfect there. But um, and Caceres uh, has been on a little run, but I don't trust him. Next time he fights, I'm fading him. Yeah, other than that, Steven Peterson, we got Trevin Giles, Tucker Lutz versus Daniel Pineda. Prelims, not much to be desired here, but um, pretty good main card, though. Yeah, I think the main card's solid. I think that, um, you know, obviously Holly Holm fights are boring, but they bring some eyes. um, They add some name value. Uh, Nate Landry fights, it'll be exciting. Uh, I just think Sanhagen... Sanhagen Cheeto Vera is just like a top. That's just like a, a very good fight night. Yeah, it's a prime main event. So it's on ESPN too. So get some viewers. Nice. All right, then. Anything else before we wrap things up? No, I think that's it this week. All right. Well, we'll wrap things up. So um, we'll be back next week. Um, good luck on your picks. Enjoy the fights. And we'll see you all next week. Peace. <laughs>